This is a Hot Pie Media original. Welcome to the Amy Edwards Show. I'm your host, Amy Edwards. So get in. We're going to heal and be open and talk about all the stuff to just keep living our best lives. That's the idea. And a very interesting conversation with Jill Herman today. I'm so excited she came in and we could do this in person because we were originally scheduled for Zoom and then she was coming to Austin. I was on her show not too long ago on her podcast, Be You, which is beautiful. It's excellent. And it's always ranking high too. So I do recommend checking it out. And I know there's people listening to this that found this show through that. So thank you for that. So I'm excited to share Jill today and all her wisdom. And she talked about turning 50 and approaching the rest of her life as not just constantly having to get better, but instead just living, just being free, being in the moment and allowing that. That's pretty amazing, right? Not having to check things off the list, not having to be like, how can I be better today? But instead, just giving yourself the space to feel free and live and be, hmm, I don't know, at peace. So that's where we're going. That's where we're going. And today and every day, I think in every moment. So I absolutely love that and love thinking like that. So if you're here, we're, that's, that's the goal. And I think that sounds absolutely fantastic. Letting go, detaching. So. Um, I'm obsessed with all of this and I am thrilled that you're here. So uh, businessy side of stuff, if you could rate and review the podcast, we're trying to build those up and it means so much. Also share it with a friend if you feel called. If you have any moment during this, when you think of someone, please share it with them because that is that is how the good stuff spreads for sure. And plus, you know, you're thinking of them for a reason. So that's cool. All right, let's get to today's show. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online professional secure therapy. And I've been using it. I'm also a client. Yes, I have been using BetterHelp and I am getting the feel for therapy because I venture into this more life coachy type of thing, this action oriented thing. And for me to just really feel has been an interesting journey. But there is so much value in that. So I want to tell you a little bit about BetterHelp. If you are feeling like this is something that could help you, they have figured out a really great model for it. You can start communicating with a therapist in under 48 hours, and they are committed to helping you become happier. They will assess your needs, match you with a licensed therapist. As I said, you can start a licensed professional therapist, that is, and you can start communicating just in the next couple days. They have a broad range of expertise and you can switch therapists at any time. No questions asked. It is okay. They want to facilitate good matches. I wasn't quite sure about my match at first. I had already switched once and then I was like feeling it out. But now we're, I don't know, a month in or however long it's been. And, um, I, it's feeling really good. It's feeling good because you can just sit down and jump right into what's going on. And I'm learning that it really does give me more grace and space. It does allow me to feel my feelings way more than I was allowing myself in the past, which is 
an interesting journey for me. So they want you to start living a happier life right now. And so you can visit their website, check out the testimonials. Of course, I just gave mine. Also, their platform has been really easy to use. They use their own video platform on their website. And I had one day where it dropped a lot, but that was an anomaly. Overall, it's been really clear and easy to use, which I like. So check out their website, betterhelp.com, H-E-L-P. And you can go to the reviews page and check that all out. But you can also go to betterhelp.com slash AES for Amy Edwards show. And you can get 10% off your first month with BetterHelp as an Amy Edwards show listener. So they have help in all 50 states, constantly bringing more people in, constantly adding new specialties. So whatever you need to talk about, most likely they've got somebody to help. So check it out. And remember, it's 10% off at betterhelp.com slash AES. Okay, here we are. (sighs) Can we just arrive for a second? Take a deep breath together. I would say just inhale and exhale. Inhale and exhale and just allow yourself to be wherever you are. Maybe you're rushing, maybe you're going in your car, um, exercising, whatever you're doing, it's cool. Just take a breath and just be here. And I am too. Lighting up some Palo Santo. I would just leave this burning throughout the entire show if I could. <laughs> I like to just smoke up this entire studio if I can. Um, thank you for being here. I have a huge thank you to say for everyone that has reached out to me or commented or anything about the Justin episode. I felt an outpouring of support around that. And I did write a very honest post on my Instagram about it. And a lot of people listened. A lot of people just were there. And it meant so much to me. So much of the focus when somebody's in addiction or going through rehab is on that person, you know, of course. So if you know someone who's ever going through something like that, don't forget about the other party, the family or the significant other or the close friends and how they're affected because they really are. And when you just offer some support and say, I know you're going through a lot. That can mean so much. And I'm speaking from firsthand experience this last week. I can feel a little teary. I mean, we talk about it today in the conversation with Jill. My emotions are running high. And so that really made a difference. Like, I mean, I had a day too where I couldn't get to all my messages and I just gave myself space too. And I was like, everybody would want me to just relax. And so I, took a morning though. And I really made an effort to reply to everyone and thank them. And so I'm just thanking you too for listening and being here. And, um, it feels good to be really open and honest. And it's not like I'm telling every detail, you know, I I don't, I don't need to do that. There's some things that you keep personal, but the bigger picture when you're honest about that is so powerful. And I just hope that maybe all of this can inspire you to open up in some way, even if it's to a friend, to just 
be, let yourself be vulnerable because it does feel good. And people do want to be there for you. I had a friend that I had a long conversation with around the day that I put that episode out and, and just talked to recently. We're good friends, but she doesn't open up all the time. And she did. And it just felt good. I know she felt good and I felt good because we were able to connect in a deeper way. So I just would encourage you with whatever comes up, maybe, you know, open up or reach out to someone. Those are good things. Um, so I am stoked about this episode today. Jill has been on my radar for a while and I've listened to her podcast and she had me on not too long ago. And she is a trauma-informed life coach certified as well as of just recently. And she has so much insight and wisdom to share just from her own self journey and the work that she's done. And from, you know, turning 50, that's a milestone. And we learn a lot around those milestones, that's for sure. One of the things that she addresses at the end is that our nervous system is healing when we address trauma that we have experienced. And I'm excited for you to hear the entire conversation. And that comes at the end. And it made me think about what I have experienced recently. And anytime that we are feeling stuff, can we really, really feel it in our body and allow it to move through us and allow our nervous system to heal? So we're not going straight into fight or flight when we're faced with a situation. Because as, as he was falling into more addiction, it felt familiar to me. I knew from previous relationships, one in particular, uh, what that felt like to manage. And uh, I have done so much work to heal around that and slipping back into that trauma response back into my nervous system going on edge pissed me off. Like, I'm not, I'm not here for that. We're not, I'm not doing that anymore. And I had moments where I felt like I was walking on eggshells where you just clench your fists and you're like, I am managing this. And oh my God. And it's just, um, it's, it's almost like this nervous, you know, I'm putting my hand up by my head. Like it's like a, it's like a high pitched kind of a thing rather than a, that, you know, ohm of peace, right? It is, it's like this high pitched, super fast vibration and not in a good way. And, and it, it, it made me very angry because I was like, wait, I've done this. Why am I experiencing it again? And this is not, this is not what I'm here for. It's not what, what my life's going to do. So I guess the point is to feel things in your body as they come up, because a lot of times we can ignore that or start to normalize it and think that, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's just, that's just how I feel. <laughs> no, if you're nervous all the time, we need to pay attention to that, feel it in your body and get to the root of it. And I was experiencing that. And instead I started to have dreams that 
he and the old relationship were the same person. And I mean, just pretty much dreams like throwing it in your face. And instead, I just was like, huh, that's weird, you know, and knew though that I was managing it. And so I knew that I was having that trauma response. I knew I was having a nervous system response where there was previously healing. But I can say there was previously healing, but maybe there wasn't because I hadn't been in a serious relationship again since that one. So I've, I had only dated, you know, and not had anything really, really committed. And so that said, there can be old patterns that come up that surprise you and that you have to pay attention to. And that you're like, okay, maybe it's not healed in this way. And I'm actually like realizing this as we speak, which uh, Jill, Jill even says that toward the beginning of the podcast, she says, I didn't know um, how I felt until I spoke it. And so I hadn't really heard that before, but it's true. I just did it. <laughs> so get talking sometime too. Just get talking. That helps. Absolutely. But today we're going to listen to Jill. I'm so excited about that. And stick around till the end. We do have an affirmation at the end. We have some nice comments from people and a, an email that I got that I want to share. So that'll be coming at the end. So today our guest is Jill Herman. And I am uh, stoked. As I said, I was on her podcast, Be You. And you can find that anywhere you get podcasts. Be you, Jill Herman. And it's really an excellent podcast. And some of them are just solo casts like I do. They're just like 30, 40 minutes long. Really great um, self-exploration work, for sure. And her her whole mission is to help women remember who they really are by unbecoming everything they've been told they're supposed to be, unlearning this stuff, unbecoming it and letting it out, which is exactly what she's been doing. So I'm so excited for you to hear her journey. If you want to find her, she's also, I said, a trauma in a trauma-informed coach. She has studied for six months intensively on that. And she's bringing that to her podcast as well. She's very cool. Um, we're going to get in some interesting experiences that she's done around, you know, dancing naked in the moonlight and um, coaching that she has participated in and what she's learned and in her relationship. I'm so excited to share all that. You can also sign up for weekly text messages from her where she's not coaching exactly, but they are inspirational. And then she has a free ebook as well called Break Free from the Opinions of Other People. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. I'd love that. And then of course on Instagram, Jill Herman, J-I-L-L-H-E-R-M-A-N-B-U-B-E-Y-O-U. She's also at jillherman.com. And then of course the podcast, which is uh, B-U. And that is also on Instagram at B-U podcast underscore. So I, th I think that's everything. I hope that's everything. My computer's about to die. So I'm like trying to get this in before it dies and I can plug it in. Um, so anyway, I have huge thanks to Jill for the way she showed up today. Her husband TK was here and sat in the studio with us and said he really enjoyed it as well. And I massively enjoyed this conversation. I'm so grateful to get to have it today. So, and to have it live. It was her first time to record as a guest in a live podcast setting. So I 
felt honored to get to be the one. So again, Jill Herman, go to jillherman.com. And of course you can find everything there. Um, so let's get to today's episode. Remember, stick around to the end because I do have an affirmation for you. Let's get to it with Jill Herman. Get on your, get on your headphones, Jill, because this is your first in-person being interviewed. This is your first time to be interviewed on a podcast. Yes. How are you feeling about that? Amazing. I'm shocked, actually. Shocked. Yeah. I mean, I think I've been on, I've been on a couple podcasts, but I've never been interviewed live in oh, person okay. with anyone. Okay. You've and never, never been on live. camera. And never but on even camera. podcasts, I think it's been two. <laughs> awesome. Well, I feel, I feel excited. Yeah. yeah. So you're on camera. Hopefully everyone can tune in on YouTube and check you out because you're repping your show right there. I with am. BU. My friend just made this sweatshirt for me. And this seems appropriate. You just turned 50. That's right. And so you're branching out in new directions, I take it. That's right. I am like, I feel like I'm like lining my life up till I turn 50 because I turn 50 in August. Okay. I will turn 50 in August, 2022. So, so you're 1971, I'm 1972. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we probably graduated the same year, 90? 90. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where'd you grow up? Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh, okay. I'm Colleen, Texas, just right down the road. And when in August is your birthday? 26th. Okay. So I was like young for my grade. My husband is is August also. He just TK, turned 50. He's here. He's yeah. here in the house today. He just turned 50 yeah. what? When? 50 in August. In August? Yeah. Ah, happy birthday. So he's exactly one year old. Okay, me. good. Well, um, so, you know, I feel like you've got lots of new things happening for your birthday and I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. So happy birthday, because one of the things that I read on your Instagram was something about you saying you don't have fun. And uh, so I just mm. thought you're perhaps changing that. Yes. <laughs> so it's so interesting. I have caught myself or heard myself. You know, I had a, I have a friend that says, I don't know what I think till I hear myself speak. Have you I, ever heard that? I've never heard that. I don't know what I think till I hear myself speak. And I think about that all the time because I'll be talking I'm like, yeah, that's how I feel. It, or, sorts, yeah, I definitely can sort out how yeah. you feel. Yeah. So I didn't realize until I heard myself say several times, I'm, I can be really funny but I'm not really someone who's really fun or has a lot of fun. And I heard myself say that like a few times. I'm like, where did that come from? It's true. Like people who know me at first, people don't realize I'm funny, but people say I'm funny. (laughs) People think I'm fun because I'm nice Mm -hmm. because I have good energy. Right. And you're cute. But I mean, you know, (laughs) you just have, you have like a fun, you know, way about you. I don't, I, for years, I would say until my 50th birthday have not allowed myself to really have fun. And I, and I really mean that, like, even when I should be having fun, I'm thinking about something I should feel guilty about something I should be doing something I should have done. I'm just so not in the moment. And, um, the moments when I have had fun truly are very few. How many people do you think are actually doing that? Like, I bet there's a lot. Oh yeah. Even when we see people having fun, I bet there's a ton of that. Cause I can relate completely with what you're saying. Sure. Yeah. You know, it takes, I think it takes a a consciousness about being present Mm -hmm. if you're Mm -hmm. truly going to relax Mm-hmm. which you can't really have fun if you're not relaxed, I guess. Yeah. Maybe you can. I don't and you know. can't really be present. Yeah. So the first part of it for me is even giving myself permission to have fun, which yeah. you shouldn't even need that. But I needed that. Like I'm allowed to schedule this or say yes to Amy. If we lived in town here and you said, hey, you want to go for coffee? I'm never the person who would have said yes. Just like on a whim, no. just like a spontane- no. spontaneity. And it wasn't because my schedule was full. I would feel like it should be full or it needed to be full. There's something else that's kind of a waste of time unless Amy needs me, 
If Amy needs me, I'm Uh-oh. there. Now we're going into codependent. Oh, for pay. sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's my. Tell me all about it, Jill, because I'm right there. I know. You look up codependency and you see Amy and Jill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with a long list of whoever's listening too. I'm 100%. sure. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're just give myself permission to have fun. Right. Right. And then it wasn't until recently that I realized I don't do that that often. And when I do, it's like. I have this like masculine approach to it. I'm going to schedule fun and I'm going to have fun, right? <laughs> it's not just doing something that I like and and being able to let loose enough to realize, oh, I had fun. Mm-hmm. I was going to force fun. Right. You know, so I did a lot of that. And and as I came into my I've 50- definitely done that as a mom too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, right. now we're having fun. <laughs> yes. Oh God, me too. I've told my husband, I, I was the kind of mom who I was always setting up activities for them. You know, it, it wasn't just like spontaneous play or I'm just going to hang out with them. It was, we've got an art section over here. We've got this, then we're going to do that. You know, everything was like scheduled fun. Yeah. Planned and, that, and scheduled. Yes, yes. So, I mean, that sounds like a lot of like the way you were. Yes. And so you're consciously breaking these patterns. Yes. And so some of it is right? Some of it is not conscious because of the work I'm doing. It's naturally happening. That's awesome. Right. I've done so much work in myself in the last few years, but especially the last, I don't know, six to eight months, but Mm -hmm. especially the last year. And then yes, with my 50th birthday, it was also a conscious decision. Like what am I, what do I really want to let go of? It's not the, the bullshit stuff I've done before where, Oh, there's a new moon. What am I going to let go? But really like 50 is a number that I didn't it's have big. Any, it's momentous. It's a, it's a huge number for me. Like there's no, and it would be okay if there was, I would tell you if there was, but there's no fear of, oh, I'm getting old. That was when I turned 40. Turning 50, I've, I had no issue of that. It's more of the, the the number is so big. I realize I am getting closer to the end of my life. Like I I feel it. And so I decided this is the second half of my life, like truly the second half. And so the first truly. half, yes, I've been spending all this time, money, and effort personal growth and inner work and all this. Right. And I'm realizing, okay, when I come into my 50th birthday, I thought to myself, all that will continue to some level, but I'm not going to make the rest of my life be about improving and learning and being better and healing. Like, like, like that masculine approach, like scheduling fun. Oh my God. I love this. I'm not like bringing tears to my eyes. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. It should be about that relaxed flow. Yeah. Enjoying it. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I decided that, you know, and about a month or so before my birthday, I thought about also, I've been learning about, and again, everyone's in so different places on their journey. So some people hearing this will be like, oh yeah, you're just figuring that out. And maybe there's someone listening who hasn't yet done this, but everyone is at a different pace. Right. And for me, I've done so much work yet. I had never thought about desire. I had never ask myself, what do you really desire? I've never asked myself like, that. And especially with all the work, like what was the end goal? Yeah. Just happiness or it like, was, it was, was it some nebulous kind of just being, being better. better? It was improving myself, mm. healing myself, forgiving myself, letting go of things, trying to, um, you know, identifying things about myself, finding blind spots. It was all just this orchestrated, I don't want to make it bad because it's been beautiful too, you know, but I realized you know, at some point, and this is the point, I decided this is the point, but at some point I'm going to continue to grow 
but not make that my whole focus of my life. Which it's so funny hearing myself say this because I sound like this, you know, type know A, you no, yeah, super, yeah, <laughs> high, strong, all achievement person. I feel like I haven't been that person for a while, but it's so ingrained in me that I was doing that with my growth. I was making mm-hmm. that a project. I was the project. Well, so if that's not the focus, what is? So as my 50th birthday was getting closer um, and making that declaration, I started feeling into desire. And, you know, when you're ready for things, people will come. Oh, right. Yeah. So these two young women, they have the most, ama- you would love them. They have the most amazing movement. They're going to be there on Thursday if you're able to oh, make it. They're flying come. in from California for this. Cool. And they have this beautiful movement called Desire on Fire. And they're like, I don't know, 30 and 31 or something like that. This beautiful community and movement. And they did an online event and I participated. And they spent like an hour talking about desire. And at first I found myself pushing back like, okay, ah, desire, desire, I got it, I got it. And then, you know, when you resist something, that's when you need mm-hmm. to push into it. And so I found myself I was that I was resisting. I was getting a little triggered by it. <laughs> Excuse me. And they had a one-on-one exercise. Um, so you broke off into groups and there was a woman I'd never met before. She was like 12, <laughs> kidding. She was like 20 maybe. <laughs> right. And we're doing a one-on-one and we asked each other the question, um, what do you desire? What do you desire? What do you desire? And the other person can only say, thank you. What do you desire? Desire. We could do it together. And we did this and I realized until this moment, I have never asked myself that question. I have been all about the desire of everyone else and the fixing and healing of myself. That's all I have focused on. And I'm tired of it. Like I want to have, be able to say as cliche as it sounds that this is my time. Like, like I have been so, I mean, enmeshed codependency, all those things. And with my kids and with my former life before married to someone who was an addict for 18 years Like I lost myself, but I didn't know it. And you know, it sounds so cliche to say, oh, I lost myself. Then I really didn't realize I lost myself, Amy, because I was doing so much deep inner work. I'm like, I'm in touch with myself. Trust me. I'll post about it. You'll Mm -hmm. read about it. You know, but I realized as my 50th birthday was coming closer, I truly had lost myself. Didn't know what my desires were. Never asked myself. Didn't think I was worthy of my desires. Although I would have told you, oh, I have great Mm self-worth. I feel all that. So when this young woman said to me, Jill, what do you desire? For a minute, I didn't know what to say. I had no answer. I don't know. And I, I had to stop. And the first thing said, I said was, um, I want to dance. She's like, thank you. And I went to talk about it, but you can't. She's like, what do you desire? And I was like, I really want to dance. <laughs> like, I want to dance. So um, through that exercise, I did a lot of feeling into that and thinking about it. And I realized that I have all these desires suppressed that I've never given myself permission for. I I also told her I desired to have fun. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That was Mm -hmm. a desire to have fun. And she's probably thinking, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully by the time I'm 50, I figured that out, (laughs) you know? And so after that, I really focused on that. Um, Not in the same type of hyper-focused, you know, controlling way, but now I do this. Yeah. No, I must check this off my list. I must dance. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I actually just said, okay, what do you want to let go of? What are you tired of? What do you want the next 50 years to be? But like for real, what do you want the next 50 years to be? Not the 
BS you're going to post about on Instagram or, or, you know, it'd be a great tagline. What do you really want this to be? Because I've had a hellish couple of years and it was to have fun, to grow, as I said, without making myself a project. If I have a coach, if I don't have a coach, who cares, right? Just enjoy my life. Yeah. Just be. Go easier on yourself. Go easy on myself. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that I realized that there was something through dance that was coming to me. Um, when I was a child, I was put in dance and I was naturally very good at it. And I loved it. I could escape my life. I had a very traumatic childhood. And then my parents couldn't afford the dance lessons. And so I got pulled. And my friend, who had no rhythm, kept dancing. And so she would come home from dance class every week and I would just be so jealous because we they couldn't afford oh. for me to do it. So I thought it was more of like traditional dance. Like, oh, I was going to be a dancer. Maybe I'll take ballroom dancing lessons. I realized that it was it was God, the universe saying to me, no, dance is going to be part of your healing where you get to just allow and be without forcing. Without right? doing a very structured. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's, like You're going to love this story because I know you, you'll love this. So um, as, as that, you know, one thing comes to you like a breadcrumb, then you figure that out. Then the next breadcrumb, the next breadcrumb was I realized, you know what? I met this young, beautiful woman who was a server at a restaurant we went to a few years ago. And I said to her, I feel like we're supposed to like do something together one day, like work together or something. She's thinking, okay. <laughs> I told her that. She's like, I just asked if you wanted more water. Yeah. She's like, are you a swinger? You're like, can we spend our lives together? <laughs> she thinks you're inviting your home or something. Yeah. And um, so I said, I said that to her. And then a year or two later, I reached out to her and I, um, we met for drinks. This was one year ago. And we sat so in a restaurant. you kept in touch with her? Yes. Uh, this was a country club we go to kind oh, of regularly. Oh, okay. So you see her so a lot. So I see her a lot. Okay. Yeah. Sydney. <laughs> oh, it's and, my daughter's name. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very drawn to her. Mm-hmm. And um, she told me later she was drawn to me, but she didn't understand it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So y'all just felt like friends. I mean, really, yeah. you know, sometimes you just connect. Yeah. But it was weird because I have a lot of friends that are a lot younger than me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that kind of friendship. Like I want to be friends with her. It was something deeper. Interesting. I didn't know what it was. And so it, this is all going to connect. Trust me. This is my ADD brain, but it's coming back to this main question. I got you anyway. You got I got you. Okay. So uh, we met for drinks about a year ago. While we were having drinks, my youngest child um, sent a suicidal text. And as youngest I was, child was how old at the time? Uh, 16. Oof. Not quite 16. 15, turning 16. Uh, <clears throat> uh, and that's a boy, right? Yeah. yeah. George. And, um, he, it's too long of a story, but he had been struggling for about a year with depression and he was in a bathroom at the YMCA. He was supposed to meet his friends for basketball and he wasn't coming out of the bathroom and he was messaging his friends saying, I just want to die, et cetera. So I was getting all these text threat, text threats, text bombs, um, on my phone. And I was like, the me that I'd always been before then, I'm sure every mom would just run, go get your kid who wouldn't do that. Something told me not to do it. Now I've I've been an over rescuer and an over saver, right? And I was the mother and the father in my former relationship and all that stuff. Wow. I sat there. Now, the girl that doesn't have fun, the girl that never schedules anything fun or enjoyable for herself. The girl who never allows herself to just enjoy anything for her gets a text like that. Wow. And it's like God was saying to me, "No. 
This is your, this is almost like a test for you. He doesn't need you to rescue him. He has to rescue himself. Now, of course, if I thought my child was actually in that moment going to complete suicide, you know, I would have gone there. I want to be really clear with everybody. It was a, it was a, it was a a cry for help type text. Mm -hmm. And we had been in it with him for months. And, um, his little girlfriend who was like 15, she said, my mom and I are free. I was 30 minutes away. They were 10 minutes away. I said, okay, then you drive there and get him taken back to your house. And if I need to come there, I will. First time, Amy, I had not dropped everything to rescue someone, which is such an atypical situation, right? Because any mom would have run. So that same woman I was meeting with witnessed all that. And I sat there, I cried a little bit. And she said, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you something. And I said, what? She goes, Jill, that was me. I was that child. She said, I was in such a dark place. I was suicidal. I was smoking weed all the time. I was the one everyone was worried about. And I have the most beautiful life now. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Right? So the connection to dance is that later on in the conversation, I said, tell me more about you. Like, I know nothing about this woman. And she said, well, I'm a dancer and I'm a dance instructor. And I said, really, what kind of dance? And it was the traditional, you know, dance. She goes, but I do something really interesting that I just have this feeling you might be open to. And I was like, is this like S factor stuff? (laughs) Like, what is this? And she said, um, there are some women in town. Um, We've been gathering for almost five years and we gather every week and we just um, dance together in the moonlight. Like an ecstatic dance kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And she didn't use any titles because I think she knew it would freak me out. (laughs) And um, would you be open to that? And I said, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds, I'm sorry, is that? fun. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think I said, it sounds great. I think I'll have to warm up to that. I think uh-huh. is what I said to her. And she's like, okay. So that was a year ago. Mm-hmm. So going back now to the present, right before my 50th birthday, I had that zoom. Where we were talking about desire. I said, I wanted to dance. And I'm like, Oh, Sydney. Mm-hmm. I grabbed the phone and I sent her a text. And I said, I'm ready. She goes, great. We meet Wednesday. And I'm like, fuck. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be that soon. It was a Monday that I messaged her. She added me to a Facebook group like 10 seconds later. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm not ready for this. It was like howl at the moon dancing. It was stuff that was like so out there for me mm-hmm. that, that I'm now into. But I was like, I, I just, I could smell the patchouli through the computer. I'm like, <laughs> I don't think this is for me, which means it's for me. Yes. Yeah. So I'm looking at the Facebook group and I'm getting a little weirded out. And I'm like, I think these are my people. So I showed up. I'll go ahead and tell that story. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Please. I'm so curious. I want to know. This has everything to do with my 50th and what you asked me. It's so interesting. So I showed up. Um, everything tried to stop me. Everything. My schedule, um, my kids, um, the GPS just wouldn't work. I couldn't find the location. I almost turned around twice. I wanted to be early so I wasn't uncomfortable. And I was already 10 minutes late because I was driving in circles out in the country. I ended up saying no you're doing this no matter what. You will find this. I pulled off to the side of the road and I found some random mom walking um, in the country with a stroller and kids and asked them, do you have any idea where I'm supposed to go for this? And she's like, you're going to be dancing outside (laughs) with a bunch of strangers. Yeah, I have no idea. But if you go that way beyond that bridge, there is a property over there that you know has a big property. That was the place. So I drove by there. I pulled up. Everyone there on the outside appeared polar opposite to me. 
from the outside. Everyone was super, super crunchy, no makeup. Um, yes, patchouli. I don't think anyone had shaven at all, which is great, but I'm just saying totally different from me. Mm-hmm. I felt so uncomfortable. I felt so like, like out of place. Oh yeah. yeah. I pull my Porsche up there, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like, wow. they're judging me. They weren't, but I felt like they're judging me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I saw the bumper stickers on the cars and I'm like, okay, they probably hate me. They're probably wondering why I'm there. And I walked up and immediately said, Sydney invited me. I'm with Sydney. I'm with Sydney. And they're like, awesome. The first person hugged me. The second person mm-hmm. hugged me. The third person hugged me. And I have never felt more accepted and Swoke more up. loved and more welcome. How many people were there? At that time, maybe eight or nine. Okay. There ended up being maybe 12 total. Oh, okay. So um, I got there right as they were starting. So I didn't get to like warm up. There was no foreplay. It was just like right to <laughs> Straight it. Straight in. Right. So we stood around in this yard um, with like a little boom box in the middle and it was still light out. And I was like, okay, I, it's just like sex actually. I'm like, can you lower the lights, please? <laughs> so, you know, the, it was like, Everyone could see each other. And I, you have to understand too, I've always had this thing about dance where I love to dance and I love music, but I don't want anyone looking at me. Like I just, I don't like that feeling, which goes back to a lot, right? Sure. So the music started and I was frozen, totally frozen. Oh, we started with intentions, by the way. Nice. It was beautiful. Everyone yeah. held hands. I meant to ask you your intention before we started this. Oh, oh Um. So we started with intentions and we were holding hands Mm -hmm. and I said, my intention was for that experience in dance to be what the rest of my life, which was, was going to be realizing that I was fully supported. No one was judging me that there's only love and that I can just move and be however I am and be myself. And I decided that's what was going to happen. Now it was hard, right? And whenever we declare anything, we're going to hit a lot of triggers. I was triggered, you know, right, left and center. I mean, it was so hard. I have no exaggeration. My chest was tight. I, I could, felt like I couldn't breathe. I was having like a trauma response. And I'd like open my, I'd open one eye and I'd see them dancing and I'm like, okay, oh they're not looking at me. I couldn't move. My feet were glued to the ground barefoot. And I just sat there and just felt the earth and just put my hands on my heart. And I just breathed for about three songs. All I did was breathe. Then I'd start moving my hips just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. I'd start moving my body just a little bit like a tree, just swaying in the wind, just a tiny bit, you know? At some point, Amy, I don't know what the hell happened, but I kind of woke up and I was in like a full squatted, like tribal position, beating my hands on the earth. Yeah. Beating my hands on the earth and just feeling the music and sweating and singing. And I didn't give a shit who was watching. I didn't care who was there. And I realized, oh my God, this is what I've been seeking. This moment right here. Like, this is yes. what living is, mm-hmm. right? I've not been living. I thought I'd been living, but it's not about achieving and all that stuff. It's just about that. And so I had this beautiful experience after that. Oh my God, I started seeing things I saw and and there were no psychedelics, nothing. This was just life, right? Just breath and movement and sound, which is the all somatic way release, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> I saw my daughter. Um, I saw her like pain from when she was a teenager. I felt it. I felt like I was her. I mean, it was a big thing. Wow. Yeah. So um, I went back the next, oh, at some point they started taking their clothes off. And at that point I wasn't freaked out at all. 
I just loved it. I thought it was amazing. I wasn't wanting wanting to do that. Did they get fully naked? Uh, just in their underwear. And some of them just had their tops off. Okay. Um, and they're like, it was a full moon. I've not done this and I want to. Oh, it was amazing. I'm opposite of you. I would have been yeah. like, where? <laughs> yes. Yeah. How come I haven't been invited yet? <laughs> yes. You would have loved it. Yeah. And it was, it was so beautiful <clears throat> to see women witnessing each other and holding yes. space for each other like this and loving each other and accepting each other, being totally fucking free. I mean, like free, 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 all, all shapes and sizes, all ages and just having a blast and loving it. And I found out they've been doing that every Friday for five years. Wow. Every Friday. So the most beautiful moment was, um, I looked up again, cause I was in my own world. I looked up and I felt like a time had gone by at least an hour. I mean, we danced for two and a half hours straight. At least an hour went by, I looked up and I saw this little girl, like eight or nine years old. And I was like, are you real? I couldn't tell. She was real because it was dark at this point. Mm -hmm. And she was dancing. Her mother had this beautiful scarf on, no top, bare breasts, and her underwear with a scarf. And she was wrapping the scarf around her little girl and they were dancing together, slow dancing and having fun. She was twirling her around. And I looked at that and I just, I mean... Just, I bawled my eyes out. Of course, you can imagine everything I was feeling. Like mm -hmm. my mother didn't do that with me. I've never done that with my children. I want to do that with myself. My little girl wants that. I mean, it was just, it's like God like handpicked these people and put them in front of me and said, this is what you could have if you wanted to, if you're willing to live this way. And it was beautiful. So later I, I was like tired <laughs> and I went and sat by the fire and they're all still dancing. And the little girl um, came over, her name was Luna. And she sat next to me. And then there was another adult, not her mom, that sat there. And um, I said, Luna, how long have you been doing this? And she said, I don't know. I think my whole life. And I said to the woman next to me, how long has she been coming here? And she said, well, her mom's been bringing her here for, for five years, every week for five years. And the girl was like eight. So really most of her life, that's all she knew. That's all she knew. It was so beautiful, Amy. Um, I went back again. I went back a third time. I've only not gone back because of scheduling, but I will be doing this every week. So that desire of mine, I realized didn't have anything to really to do with dance. Dance was going to be the platform that was used for me to really feel who I am and what I really want in this life and who I want to be and how I want my life to be. Freedom. Total freedom. Total freedom. And I know there's, there's more coming. You know, I just, just had a little dose of it. The third one was even more amazing. It's like, it's like the up leveling, you know, each time I got more uncomfortable. Um, the third one was in the back of, um, in someone's yard in a really, um, a part of town that I'm not afraid of the people, but being there late at night by myself probably wasn't the best idea. Everyone went in groups and I didn't realize that. And so I, I pulled up there, um, couldn't see the backyard, some random guy was like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm here for a dance thing. And he's like, oh, I don't remember her name, but like Judy. Yeah. She has the girls back there every week. And he walked me back there. I had no <laughs> idea where he was taking me. We walked through these scarves and I went into this magical land. It was unbelievable. This woman had spent years in the Amazon. She has brought back um, seeds from plants um, that you can only find and in, in, on other continents. And it just, it was unbelievable. Wow. And it had this whole shrine and we danced there and it was like 10 levels beyond. I mean, I had an experience there that I think most people would think you can only have with like serious breath work or mm -hmm. a psychedelic. And 
I mean, I know some people will think this is crazy, but there was a point where, I mean, the tree communicated with me. Like I was dancing and, and, and the, the branch of the tree came down and it was, by the way, it was raining, light rain and really windy. And we were outside and it was chilly. I live in Indiana and the branch came down and just like touch. I'm telling you, Amy, literally touched down on me like a hand, just like holding my shoulder. And, um, I told a coach that I work with that I felt and sensed the term grandmother tree. Like, I don't know how to explain that, but it was like my grandmother and all of her grandmothers and all the grandmothers in the world in this tree, just touching my shoulder and like holding me and saying, you know, just, just love basically. It was, it was, no, I believe this it. is life changing it. for me. And Big so time. Yeah. have you felt connected like to your ancestors and to, have you felt those connections? Mm-mm. You know, I, I, I'm with you on that. A lot of people really feel those and I have not really. So, you know, maybe this is a way of you connecting with that nature mm-hmm. and connecting with things that are mm-hmm. from your ancestry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the connection to my 50th is that that was probably the last one was about two months before my 50th. And so I had all this transformation in the matter of like three weeks. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, it's just going to keep getting better. I can yeah. tell. So I made this decision, um, two decisions that you know of. One was to throw myself a huge birthday party, mm-hmm. but however I wanted it to be. I noticed you wore white too. I like the dress. You oh, thank you. Cute, fringy. You yeah. wore white mm-hmm. on purpose, I'm sure. It's funny, not really off white. Yeah, not really on purpose, but yes. Like I realized I chose it without realizing uh-huh. I chose it. Okay. I was going to wear like, like I, do, I think you're good about like dressing sexy, and I mean I've seen your picture. You're, you're good about dressing. I think in a way that 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 feels and looks like powerful and sexy. Would Thank you agree? You, you do. I, I've I'm been conscious afraid. about the way I dress. Yeah, for sure. I've been afraid of that. You know. Like, okay. Very afraid of that. So I thought for my 50th birthday, oh, I'm going to like shock everybody. I'm going to have this black, sexy, tight, lacy. I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And I saw that dress online. I'm like, nope, that's the dress because that dress screams fun. It it is. It's fringy. Fringy. I love things that are fringy or sparkly. I mean, look at me today. So yeah. Yeah. So I threw myself um, a birthday party that I would have probably judged in the past. Oh, Oh, yeah. You would have judged that I from would have, someone else? I would have judged it. Well, I would have judged if you had it because I would have wanted it. But the idea of me having it, I would have judged it because I would have thought this is so over the top. It's so diva. It's so too much. It's so really, do you really need to do that? You know, I, Because I, why? Because I have so much judgment towards myself had about everything, Amy. Everything. And so I've always had this fear. But of if you were being a diva, high maintenance. If you, oh, yeah. oh, the fear. You know what? Somebody on TikTok the other day, there was like, <clears throat> I take so much shit on credit on, on TikTok. These men will comment, but yeah, one man was like, Oh yeah, she's high maintenance oh, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's just like some women consider that such an insult. Yeah. You know, and like, or oh, they have this fear. No, no, no. I'm easy. I'm easy. I'm easy. Yep. And I'm like, no, fuck that. I am high maintenance. So I didn't even comment back to them. I'm like, fuck them. But anyway, no, not, no, I don't mean fuck you guys. You're on your own path. You're on your own journey. But <laughs> I anyway, did a whole episode yeah. on that, by the way. I did an entire episode on being high maintenance and why that's such a good thing and to step into that. And yes. that's still my most downloaded solo episode. Ooh, really? What number is it? I don't remember. I'll find it for okay. you because women. I'll, I'll try to put a, a, a link in there. Okay. So you can make a note, Alyssa. Because women, I realized I wasn't the only one. 
women clearly identified it with it. Oh yeah. Because it was about, I don't remember what I called it, but it was about being afraid of being high maintenance while secretly wanting those things, which other people might call high maintenance yeah, and not wanting to do it. Jealous of women who do those things while judging them because it's against the girl code. You're not supposed to, you're supposed to be laid back, easygoing, low maintenance. I don't need to put any makeup on. I don't need to get, I can get ready in 10 minutes. I mean, one time I heard my husband (laughs) say to somebody, we went on a trip and he was complimenting me because I was able to pack everything for a week into like a small bag. I took that so literally that I thought it looked high maintenance if I ever packed like things in a big bag. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this recent trip we went on, I packed my fucking house. <laughs> like <laughs> I had like eight pair of shoes. I'm like, why do I care? Yeah. But that's the question. Why do I care? Yeah. Why, why do, do I, I care? care what you think? <clears throat> it, 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 but that's how I have lived 50 years. And so why did the, you care? I, I think it was just, it comes from unworthiness. It comes from insecurity and, you know, the need to, to for approval and, which all comes down to the need to be loved. You know, it yeah. all comes down to, to needing to be loved and wanting to be loved because we don't feel like we're enough. That's yeah. what it all boils down to. It's not the Usually, thought at yeah. first, right? But so when it came to my 50th, I did everything to push my edges. You know, like, like, if I think it's too much, I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, like I had so many flowers there. You thought it was a wedding reception. <laughs> what was the too muchiest too much? Um, probably the flowers, like literally all of the What'd you table. spend on flowers? Oh my God. Don't... I probably spent $1,200 on flowers. I don't think that's bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I that's awesome. I never even bought myself a birthday cake in the past. I cannot, oh. I'm not joking. Um, I'm yeah, so glad you I spent broken out of so this. much on this party. Yay. Um, between the, it was a, I had 60 people and I wanted everybody seated. So we had seated for 60 people, um, flowers. I had this beautiful, gorgeous custom cake. We had a DJ. I had a little like photo area, you know, oh, take it a few pictures. Beautiful. It was amazing. Um, and so what I did was I didn't just say, well, I deserve a birthday party. I pushed it because I wanted to get very uncomfortable. I'm going to do everything that would normally <gasps> cause me to apologize. Yeah. And so I did that. How'd you handle it in the moment? Interesting that you say that because in the moment I was loving it, but it got me when I went to give my toast. Oh. My toast became a recognition of everybody but myself. Oh, fuck. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's, it's right. okay. And that's what right. I realized. I'm going to love that part of myself. <clears throat> and that she's still that's there. That's right. She's still she's there. She's still there. And it's she okay. She got you to here. Yep. Yep. So I, I she's, made she's it about important. everybody. I mean, I brought my mom up and I brought my dad up and I brought my brother and sister-in-law up and talked about what they did for me when I was 16. And it was like a 30 minute. Everybody else. Everybody fest. but me. And I, mm. I had the chance to just thank everybody, tell them that I see them. And tell them what I'm stepping into in the new part of my life. And that's okay that I didn't, but I, it was my lesson as I was doing it. I could feel that I was doing it and it was my autopilot. It's so comfortable yeah. for me. So that's I comfy, even, comfy space. Yes. And I even thanked people, Amy, that yes, I was, excuse me, I was glad they were at the party. I would never have invited someone I didn't want there, but I did have a couple of friends that I realized in the last year when I've really needed people, they were nowhere to be found and they, they were at the party and I could feel just energetically that. It's like it was my true deep friends were here and they were over here and they caught my eye. And what do you think I did? Thanked I thanked them. them. Yeah. I brought them in. I have this one friend, Sharon, Shit. 
I have this friend, Sharon, who is bold. She's sassy. She's confident. Um, it's like powerful black woman. And she's really good about reminding me to get what I want, to do what I want, to have fun. Right. And the next day she sent me a text and this is the kind of woman I want to be. <laughs> she said, why the hell did you think those motherfuckers? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, what the hell are you doing? Putting my name in the same sentence <gasps> or thank you speech. That just gave me chills. As, as those, Ooh. you know, and she, cause she asked first for permission. Can I give you some feedback? I said, yes. Yeah. And I said, I'm so sorry. And she's like, well, my, I'm not angry about it. I'm upset for you. Like, you, why did you do that? And she goes, and by the way, I'm a lot better friend. So I, I really didn't like it, <laughs> but it was so good to see a Love woman her. be that direct yeah. and that honest and to share with me how she felt about that. Yeah. You know, cause most of us would not do that. Most women would sit back and go, I can't believe she, she sent me a text the next day and called me out and she said, so just think about that. She goes, I want you to think about who your real friends are, Jill, and how loosely you use the term friend. Cause I do use that term very loosely. Yeah. Rather than somebody I know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. huh. It makes you think about who you would invite to, mm -hmm. you know, I'm glad you said that to me because sometimes we feel pressure, you know, like, oh, I have to include them you mm -hmm. know? when you don't really want to in your heart. So don't fucking do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> have you rewritten that toast in your head? You thought this is what I might've otherwise said, or did you just you know, kind of learn to accept that that's what I did. I just learned to accept that that's what I did. And within that long rambling speech, I did say what I wanted to say. Oh, you did? It, within it, I did. I just sandwiched it. You know how we do that. I sandwiched it with, it's all about them. Let me take the focus off me. I'm sorry, I'm being too much. And in the middle, I had my real message. Which was just talking about thanking what you want to do for and the then next also, 50 years? Yeah, or? thanking them and then also sharing a little bit about what I shared with you yes. about how I want to have fun and what I've learned. And um, what if you, what would you say if you were to give a new toast right now, only thanking yourself? What would mm, you thank yourself for? Mm, that's so good. I would thank myself for. Mm, this is hard. I know. Take your time. Mm -hmm. I would say thank you, Jill, for doing the deep, deep, painful work to realize that you don't have to do the deep, deep, painful work. Yeah. And I hope you would thank yourself for that party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you did that. I really did. You did that. I did every piece of that. You did. You can thank the caterer all day long and the person who made the cake, but you did it. Mm -hmm. You have yourself to thank. Mm. Thank you for that. awesome. Mm -hmm. When you say that you did a lot of hard work in the last year, what was some of the most powerful? Like what, mm -hmm. if you had to pick like to recommend to somebody, what would you say was some of the most powerful stuff that you did? I would say for sure that recognizing that personal growth is not just about mindset work. I, I, saw, I saw you share mindset. something about that. Yeah. And that. That's interesting to me. And, and mindset works great. It's not, sure. It's I do it. it. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, but that's all I did for maybe six years and I did so much of it. And yes, it created growth and change for sure. 
but it was when I was introduced to somatics by Steph Safandos, Stephanos Safandos. Stephanos Safandos. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I hired him uh, to be our marriage coach. Oh, cool. And we thought it was just going to be about our relationship. Yeah. And what happened was he helped us turn ourselves inside out. And he introduced me to just the concept of being in your body. Amy, I had never heard that before. Mm-hmm. I, I had been doing mindset work to the point where I was teaching it to people. And I had never heard anyone talk about being in your body, what that means. I'd never heard the word somatic. I had been to talk therapy for years and done so many personal development courses and so much of that. It was never told that your body will file away like a living library, every experience of your life and everything that your brain forgets, that your body will never forget that your body is holding on to all the pain and all the trauma and all the stories that you think you fixed with mindset work. Mm-hmm. I never understood that. I'd never heard that. So when I realized that, that these things were literally filed away like a library in my body, in my body, which is a living library, when that happened, when I realized that I was like, okay, so it's my job now to do the work I have not known to do. I didn't avoid it. I didn't know about it, which was releasing that. Now, I would love to tell you that I went like straight in. No, I was afraid. You're more of a dip your toe in first. I have dipped my toe in Mm -hmm. and gone very slowly, but I judged myself for that. And I felt very much like I should be doing breath work. I should be doing this. And And Steph said, Jill, what if the reason you're going slow, even with him as my coach, he's one of the best breath work experts in the world. Yes. And I'm telling him just a little, just a little. I wouldn't do much. And he said, Jill, what if the reason you're not doing it isn't because you're avoiding, but it's because you're so in tune with your intuition and your body knows more than I do. Yeah. Trust yourself. Trust your process. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So I trusted myself and I went extremely slow. And just in the few sessions of breath work, I had enormous release. And that's when he said, this is why you were afraid of it. You have so much trauma that is subconscious that you do not remember that your body has been telling you to go slow for a reason because breath work can be traumatic if you go in too fast and too hard. So I went very, very slow, um, did a lot of forgiveness work. That was very helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of, um, anger release has been great for me. Anger burns. Let's talk about that for a second. What's that? Yeah. So, um, and I just want to say too, there's a lot that I've been doing to honor myself in that space. Cause mm -hmm. I get very like, okay, what's the procedure to fix this? You know? And, um, and let's see. So episode before last, I shared a lot about, um, mine and Justin's, um, relationship and what we've been going through mm-hmm. with him in rehab. And, uh, when I got home from that and I shared this last week too, I, I was depressed and hurt and sad. And instead of trying to do something, I just honored it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. you're saying, you just, you pay enough attention to how you're feeling and what your body's feeling and where it is in your body. And then I was able to just ease up on my space on myself. And yeah. I was saying it was grace and space was my, mm. was my, that's what came up for me. I'm just giving myself grace and space. And it sounds like you were too in those moments of honoring. Okay. I really do need to take this slow. I can't, I'm not going to jump in. It also gives you more compassion for others. I think too. Yes, you're right. Big time. Like even my children, you know, yeah. like they're going to have their own pace and sometimes mm-hmm. we want to rush others. And so 
It's a good perspective shift in mm-hmm. that too. And and to be truthful, I didn't give myself any grace or space in the process. It wasn't until later. It wasn't until I got the answer that okay, maybe you went maybe you went slow for a reason. Maybe your intuition was the reason. Then I gave myself grace, but I will tell you, I beat myself up for months about it. Shit. See, I think that's for really months. common and mm-hmm. you do beat yourself up. You're like, why can't I get it together or whatever it is? Yeah. Like for me lately, just in the last week since then, I've been just moving kind of slow Yeah, and that's not like me. And I'm like, why can't I get up off my ass? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, this is just my grace and space. So can I yeah. in the moment, instead of beating myself up, like, yeah, you know, why are you eating that? Or why are you? just laying here staring mm-hmm. at you know the wall mm-hmm. and i'm like no that's part of my process that's now. what you need that's what i need yeah that's <laughs> yeah. why it's been so much for the past few months you mm-hmm. know you lived with someone in active addiction i'm guessing mm-hmm. and so who never recovered who never recovered so at least i have someone who wants to recover but um i mean i don't know what's going to happen with us but there's that and so you know, it was just, it's a lot and you do lose yourself. And so I think mm-hmm. this is just part of my process of mm-hmm. finding myself again. So, mm-hmm. so all that said, let's talk about this anger burn. Yeah. So I'm um, very interested in again, the, this is something that some people are so familiar with. And I realized that if I had never heard of anger burn, there are millions of people who have never heard of anger burn. Exactly. For some people, it's just old hat. You know, when you, it's, it's funny when you, it's like when you, you know, you see a certain car, then you see it all the time or sure. you're aware of a certain, let's say you tell me the brand of that shirt. Cause I really like yeah. it. Then <laughs> now I'll, 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 I'll know all about that brand. Right. Well, so plus your phone's listening. So <laughs> <laughs> it'll be advertised on your Instagram within the day. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's very true. So with anger burn for me, um, I had never heard of it and I was thinking, but I'm not angry. I don't get it. She says with a smile. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not I, me, angry. I'm not angry. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. So when my coach who I, I really, really do fully trust and respect said, you know, um, I really believe that anger burn would be great for you. I did what all good students do and I didn't listen. And weeks and weeks, wait, have you tried that anger burn yet? Nope. I had all these excuses that I believed and I realized my body's resisting it, but not the same way it was resisting the breath work because that was intuition. This was just pure resistance because I needed to push through and do it. And so the first one that I did, um, my husband and I were having a conversation. I don't, I don't even know what triggered me, but something triggered me. And I was so angry. I just wanted to crush his soul. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's catching this on the yeah. video. I like it. And um, I'm so proud of myself because normally I would have thrown a tantrum like a child because that's really what an anger burn is, right? And I left and I went into our garage. We have a gym in our garage. And I grabbed the uh, medicine balls. And I grabbed one and then I went to the heavier one. And I would just raise it above my head And I would scream and I would throw it to the ground. And I did that over and over and over and over. Now, when you're doing an anger burn, it's really important that you do not focus any anger toward or on yourself. You can't say, I'm such a piece of shit. Why did I date him? Why did it? You can't do that. Your body's listening. To release the pain, you have to focus it outward. So it's like 
Um, this makes me feel so angry. You know, mm-hmm. I hate that he acts like that, or I hate that it's, it can't be, I'm a piece of crap. I'm a, I'm, I'm a piece of shit. Why did I do this? Right. So the anger is for, focused outward and you do whatever you need to do. It could be stomping on the ground. It could be punching a bag. Um, I know someone who takes those pool noodles mm-hmm. and she cuts the pool noodle in half and she just beats the shit out of her bed. Okay. I know someone else who takes towels and they just, they take the towels and hit them against the wall of their bedroom as hard as they can until they're just exhausted. So you keep doing that until you're exhausted. You just, you, you cannot do it anymore. Okay. And then, right. I'm not not familiar with this. Oh, this is amazing. Okay. So then after you do the anger burn, again, whether it's through punching or kicking or stomping or whatever it is for me that day, it was the medicine ball throwing as hard as I could Mm -hmm. to the ground. And, And again, when you're doing it, you're feeling the pain right? With what you've gone through recently. Yeah. I fucking hate this. I, you know, just whatever yeah. you just scream, whatever you need to scream, you can have music up really, really loud. So no one hears, or if it makes you feel like you can let go more yeah. music, just cranked out that will also help you get in touch with your anger. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not angry in the moment, by the way, you can access your anger by just pausing, you know, how you get in touch with yourself, right? You can get in touch with the anger by going into that recent experience and just first you'll feel sad. Mm-hmm. And then you'll feel the anger. It's like, yeah, I'm so pissed. Then you just start and you just fucking go off and you're just, and you get it out of your, so your body is somatically releasing the way like animals do. So like animals, if you look at a deer, you know, a deer is in the woods and a deer gets shot at, right? It has a traumatic event. And what does a deer do? A deer will run off and shake mm-hmm. its body and release. And then it's fine. Humans, we get shot at and we don't release. We just say, it's fine. Mm -hmm. And it just goes into our body and it goes into our body since we were three years old. And so we don't understand why when someone does something, we have this trigger, we're so angry and it doesn't match the circumstance. And that's because it's stored away in our body because our body is a living library holding every experience we have ever had even the ones that we've processed through journaling, we've processed through personal development, we've processed through mindset work, through affirmations. We've done all that, but we don't, we don't realize what's still in there. And it's all just beneath the surface. Also, if you don't process it and get it out, it won't just come up as triggers, right? They call that, you know, like leaking anger on people, right? It won't just come out that way. It'll also come out in attracting the same kind of people into our lives mm. because it's still in there. We think we've made it. We've fe- if you haven't processed it somatically, like releasing it from your body physically again. This isn't through talk therapy. You can't do this through just journaling, right? It is through breath, sound, or movement or a combination. If we don't get that out, that becomes our false self. And so our false self is going around life, having conversations, mm-hmm. and not knowing that that false self, that energy, that stuff that's still in us is going to attract the same shit that's in us that we think we've processed through our brain that we haven't. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there are many ways to do anger release. And so when you do that, then after the anger release, when you're just like depleted, right, then you fill yourself up with goodness. It's very important that you do that. Do some forgiveness exercises, hand on your heart, hand on your belly. You know, I love you. I love you. Um, I forgive myself for attracting that person. I forgive myself for judging myself. I forgive myself for um, whatever, right? Eat some like yummy fruit, 
drink a glass of water, like really fill yourself up in any way you can imagine with goodness and love. You could even put on a really beautiful song and do like even like some sensual movement and move mm-hmm. your hips and do like a sensual dance. And then that will then it's like reprogramming, not just your brain, but your body. So it's really powerful. That's the the biggest thing I learned in the last year was about somatic release. I love it. Yeah. It's like, and I did notice too, like with the anger, you know, I've, I've been, I have been moving some to get it out and doing breath work and meditation, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I, I even danced one day, I think it was last week. And I was like, the, my music was on. I was like, I need to turn on some music. And, you know, and then just in my bedroom, I just danced around and mm-hmm. for a while and did some crazy stuff that, you know, you wouldn't want mm-hmm. anyone to see. And, um, and it felt just really, really good. And I just felt like I was moving that energy in some way, which mm-hmm. I was, mm-hmm. but I know that like my anger has been running, you know, here rather than like here, down here, you know, yeah. it's like when these things start to come out, what are you going to do with them? And, um, and that's been very interesting to explore for me because anger isn't usually something that I'm having run at the surface Mm -hmm. where I can just snap and get angry. That's not how we roll, you know, a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, I noticed on Saturday, I'd just gotten out of a therapy session from rehab with Justin and, uh, all my, all my excuse me, all my emotions were like up here. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know if you've ever done, have you ever done any acting? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So acting's the same way, right? Oh, like, not acting, acting, but I mean, in therapy, I've done that. <laughs> oh, cool. Like yeah. Role-playing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Role-playing. Well, in, in, I've done some acting too, uh-huh. and I like it because it really pulls your emotions up and they're all just right mm-hmm. here accessible, which mm-hmm. is interesting, but I've just been surprised how easily accessible this anger mm-hmm. turned into. And right after that therapy session, this this woman, um, she, she wasn't handling this right, but she, she just tried to tell me something about my relationship basically via text. And then she wanted to call and it was, uh, my anger just triggered. And she goes, why are you so angry? And I was like, "I, I just was, I was just fucking furious. And I couldn't quite cool down for like, even like I managed to get through the rest of the day and have a good time with my family. But that night I had to journal about it because I was like, oh, I'm still feeling, mm-hmm. damn, my neck mm-hmm. is hot. <laughs> I find it fascinating that this person clearly was just trying to help, right? But the person texted you, way. giving you advice on a very serious situation and then literally said to you, why are you so angry? I mean- on a very situ- serious situation. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that person basically should making not ac- be- accusations of him that she didn't have the receipts to back up. Yeah, either. and so- I'm like, you better get specific. And she's like, well, I can't. It's not really my story to tell. And I'm like, then <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Right? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I know. Why are you so angry? Very what do you situ- think serious is the reason. It's just <laughs> so funny. They're yeah. usually the people giving you the advice are the ones who shouldn't be giving advice. You know, that's how it felt. Just like too. the people that want to be influencers shouldn't be. <laughs> what are you influencing? If you, if you want to be an influencer, you probably shouldn't be one. <laughs> well, I think you're quite influential and I like it. <laughs> um, so, okay, great. Okay, back to you. Th- that's, I love that. And good for you for hiring Stephanos, by the way. He's amazing. Yeah. And Christine, too. Uh, I just, got in a situation with the mastermind group I was in and they were there and I did, it was one of the most powerful days of my life. Yeah. 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 They're that good. They're that good. And so their content for everyone listening, 
you know, you don't have to pay a bunch of money to be a private client. I mean, Steph and Christine put out so much free content and there's so much accessible. Um, they do these great, um, you know, calling in uh, your, I don't know what they call it, like be the queen. They have these these different things that they do online that that don't cost much money at all, where they help women like call in their best mate, you know, their, their life partner, their beloved. Um, by looking at themselves. And I haven't done that course, but I've heard it's amazing. Um, they have, uh, she has an unbelievable podcast where she does live coaching. And, but then Steph, just his Instagram account alone, Oh, 100%. what he's writing, he has yes. a book coming out next year, but just the Instagram account alone is just so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're really powerful. I so highly powerful. recommend them. Yeah. And then the thing that I did in the last year, you had asked me like, what was one of the yeah. most trans and, and I answered, impactful. But I, yeah, but I realized on the heels of coaching with Steph. Okay. So after six months, we had the option of not continuing or continuing. And I did what I never usually do, which was ask for what I want. And I said, actually, I want to do it differently. I want to know if we could change it up where we'll do another six month container with you. However, my husband gets you and I get your wife. And he's like, I asked her and she said, yes. So I, um, it, I'm wrapping up this month, but I've been coaching with Christine for the past six months. My husband's been coaching with Steph. And then once a month we have a call together cool. for our relationship. And, um, the reason I bring that up is because, um, in that relationship, in that coaching, um, they introduced me to Elementum Coaching Institute. And so I spent six months, I graduated in September um, becoming certified as a trauma-informed life coach. And it was one of the most intense things I've ever done, Amy. It, it I don't know the coaching world because I'm not a coach. Mm-hmm. Right? I was just talking to Preston Smiles about this, but he is. And he's like, he said, Jill, there's literally nothing in the world like this because they go into all the areas that most coaching certification programs don't because they either don't want to get sued or they don't have the skills or they'll say, if you want to learn about trauma, go to this place, but it's not there. And this coaching institute, we went, went into sexuality, spirituality, deep, deep, deep into trauma, Amy. I mean, like deep. It's a very intense program, but I did it as a personal development course. I didn't do it because I wanted to be a coach. Mm-hmm. I did it because I wanted to heal and learn more. And it was totally life-changing. So I just finished that in September. So it was I'm six surprised months. it only took six months. It was so intense. I it was, bet. I don't even know, 15 hours a week, 10 hours a week, something mm-hmm. like that. Really huge commitment. Um, but I'm really proud of myself for that. Because I also be. did it when I was going through some really difficult stuff in my personal life. Like what? Oh my gosh. So my oldest daughter, um, when she was 20, um, got pregnant and was estranged from us at the time. Um, doing a lot of drugs, selling drugs, um, hanging out with gang members. I mean, it was like some serious stuff, like very serious. And she called me from a Walmart bathroom and said, mommy, I'm pregnant and was bawling. And wasn't estranged so much that it's not that we had not seen her at all, but just pulled away from the family. And we were okay with that because there was so much drama around her and so much pain all the time. And it was not good for our younger kids. And so um, we made the decision. We we said to her, okay, obviously, you know, these are your options. It's your decision. You know, as far as the pregnancy, this is what um, they look like. What do you think you want to do? And she said, I'm definitely keeping the baby. 
um, and not doing adoption. And my first reaction was, oh my God, (laughs) are you kidding? Um, Just knowing where she was in her life. And I realized now, Amy, that, I mean, that was God, universe, whatever people believe in, totally saving her life. I mean, she would have been dead or in prison. There is no question. Dead or in prison, for sure. But if you have a baby, that changes everything. Yeah. So, yeah. And so um, the last year or two, so that was two years ago. He was born two years ago in November. So I was 48 on just like the tail end of, you know, raising five kids and really getting to that part of your life where you're slowing down. Mm -hmm. And um, we moved her back home and the father um, abandoned her and the baby. And I told her I would raise them with her. So I've been raising a child for the last two years, 48 to now. And yes, that's a lot. But when I said I've been through hell, um, there was a point in time when she went back to her old ways. And she wasn't using heavy drugs, but it didn't matter. It was full on addiction to weed, like couldn't function without it high all the time um, to the point where I was worried. Um, And I could tell story after story, but I became the surrogate parent, not just the surrogate father. I became the surrogate mother and father while she was going to school to be an esthetician full time, smoking all the time. And I'm raising this child. It was difficult because of that, but also because he wasn't my child. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, she could say, fuck you, mom, I'll do what I want. You don't get to tell me when he goes to bed. You don't get to tell me what he eats. You know, so here he is in my home. I'm responsible for him. I'm making sure he's okay. I'm making sure, you know, that he's safe. And she's living in my home and telling me you basically have no say. And it's, it was just such a mind fuck, the whole thing. Um, and in the midst of all that, my youngest child um, has had so much wounding from his father's addiction. I mean, just so much wounding. And um, just went into this deep depression. And as I already said earlier, we came about. suicidal, et cetera, uh-huh. you know, and then there's just other life stuff. I got uh, really sick from my breast implants. Mm-hmm. Not everybody gets sick from breast implants, but I did. And I became very, very ill. And so I was ill going through Elementum, raising a baby with my daughter in the situation she was in. My son was extremely depressed, stopped doing homework, stopped doing no, school. No, this sounds really hard. Yeah. It was very deep and very hard. And, um, and then of course the pandemic happened, mm-hmm. you know, which happened to everybody. Right. But when you already have all that going on and it was a lot and, you know, some businesses that we owned, it was like, we were just burning through money, um, keeping them open. And there was a lot of stress on my husband and then I lost my business. So, um, I had a, a and I say this with no arrogance, I'm not bragging, but there's a significance to saying this. I didn't just some people dabble in network marketing or direct Mm -hmm. sales, right? A lot of people dabble, but I had a multi-million dollar business, an enormous business I built from nothing while I was a mother raising three kids and I was a nurse. I worked three jobs as a nurse, built the network marketing business up on the side, um, married to an addict who didn't work for four years. And so it was a lot, right? And so during everything I just described in the last year, in the middle of all of this, so in this, this past a year ago, so July of 2020, in the midst of the child with a depression, raising the child, um, the baby, my daughter going back to her old lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, uh, me being very, very ill, I had what's called a forced buyout from my network marketing company. So I was like a darling of the company, one of their top 
half percent producers in the whole company, but also not just as far as size of my business. I made an impact. I really made a difference. I'm sure you're not surprised. I helped right. a lot of people mm-hmm. and I took on people that weren't even on my team and mentored them and coached them. And I helped the company come up with programs. And I was the one they would put on the stage in front of 10,000 people. And, mm-hmm. and I got a phone call July of 2020 telling me you're done with this company. Um, we are terminating you. You have two options. Um, you can go with nothing and go to any other company you want, or you can sign a non-compete for a year so that we know you won't take people with you and we will buy your business, but you're done. I'd build another business under my husband's name. They took his too. Um, the big question is why the quick answer is that I was discovering things that were happening in that company. And I do not like injustice. And they loved that I was outspoken for years. Mm-hmm. And they loved that I told it like it was. And what the reason everyone loved me is because I was real and I was honest. But then when you're real and you're honest about truth, it's that about people don't them, want, that's a different story. Then they don't like you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So truthfully, that there was there's no scandal. That that really was it. I was seeing things and uncovering things and having conversations with other leaders. And yes, I was opening their eyes. It's like, are you seeing this shit? Are you seeing that? You know, and they knew a lot of people followed me and they literally snuffed me out like you see in the movies. I was just gone. And they made up all kinds of stories about me, which a lot of people did not believe, but a lot did. And yeah, it was hard. So all of that happened last year. And so I had this big identity crisis. Like the interesting thing though, Amy, this is what's funny. I, I said, I've said on my show before that, you know, sometimes you get a gift. Uh, from God. And it's the biggest gift you can be given. And it's secretly the gift you've always prayed for. However, it's wrapped in razor blades and (laughs) mouse traps and dog poop on fire. And so you have to go through all that to open the gift. So the gift of me being fired was so traumatic and so embarrassing. And to me, one of the worst things is, is when you're a people pleaser and you want to be liked, what's, what's the worst thing that can happen to you? I know. People say lies about you. Mm-hmm. That's the worst thing because I wanted everybody to like me. And so when I heard the things they were saying and I saw what they did, I, I wanted to right the wrong. I want everybody to know I'm a good person. I didn't really do that. I'm not doing what they said. I'm not. And I became obsessed with proving myself and obsessed with winning everybody back. And then I stopped. And my husband said to me, Jill, you've got to let this go. Because if you remember, Jill, this is what you wanted. This was the thing, Amy. For two years, what do you think I kept saying out loud over and over speaking to the universe? I need to get out of this job. Yes. How do I, how do I get out of this business without disappointing everybody? How do I get out of this business without my team thinking that I've abandoned them? How do I go out of this business? The universe is like, here you go. Yeah, here you go. Here's how you get out of it. We will burn this shit to the ground so you can't go back. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And you've been saying it out loud. I love it. I'd been saying it for two years, <laughs> right? I know. That's so often the case. Yeah. You know, I, I have to watch what I say. I'm very careful about it because I've had too many things manifest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that was July of 2020. And I had never listened to more than one podcast ever. I didn't know what podcasts were, how they were, how they worked. And I launched a podcast in <laughs> October of 2020. <laughs> Good for you. And that's what I've been doing ever since. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Yeah. Cause uh, you said that, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. You said that you just woke up and started a, a podcast. So do you I see did. that trauma, that Elementum Academy, is that what it's called? Is that 
really heavily informing how your show is yes. growing. Hundred percent. Yeah. I, I know that most of what I share has come through the healing I've experienced through Elementum and also okay. and also coaching with Steph. Just it's just the whole podcast is um my own healing journey and um uh, what I've learned about healing. Yeah. And yeah, it was heavily influenced. Let's by talk that. about trauma for a second. Cause, yeah. um, I feel like I've been through trauma, you know, w- with the, what the last few months. Mm-hmm. And so you have accepting that word. It seems like a big thing. Like you're yeah. inviting some judgment, like, yeah. Oh, come on. That's not real trauma. And even to myself, I'll be like, you know, you, you weren't beaten, you know, yeah. you weren't on the street. You know, I he mean, wasn't like doing heroin, right? I mean, that's sure. the other thing people would say. Yeah. So, I mean, like, mm-hmm. what are you bitching about? It's kind of a spiritual thing? bypassing stuff, right? Is that what that's called? Yeah, it's, spiritual bypassing. So, I've, I know that term. Mm-hmm. I don't fully understand what it so means. I, had, I tried. Let me just tell you, I never knew either. Here's what I learned: I learned that spiritual bypassing is bypassing the pain and your feelings that you're experiencing by um, saying things like. Well, I know that that everything happens for a reason. Obviously, this is in God's plan. This is what the universe wanted. I'm just oh, learning. Shit. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 This is what we do. Oh, right? shit. Mm-hmm. When that's true, but you can't really get to that until you've really done what you said was staring at the wall, feeling the feelings, being in it. It's okay to say, this is awful. This sucks. This is the worst thing that's happened to me. That's not victim language. That's interesting because when we did that therapy on Saturday, um, I wasn't sure and I didn't understand why I still needed to talk about things that happened, you know, and he was in this mode of, look, I'm fixing it. I'm here, yeah. you know, and his emotions were running high too, which I was glad to see. Yeah. Actually, it makes me think he's doing the work. Uh, but, you know, I was like, I'm not there yet. Like, yep. I'm not ready to hear about all the things you're doing yep. to, to fix this. Instead, I'm still in this mode of, of that, of yes. feeling it. Yes. And you need to feel it as long as you need to feel it. Just any kind mm. of grief, it will last as long as it lasts. That's the fucking answer. <laughs> Nobody gets to judge that. If your spouse dies or something happens to your yeah. child or your partner relapses or anything, anything, you get to feel the feelings as long as you need to feel them. End of story. And it is... A traumatic experience. And let's talk it about is, trauma. Yes, it please. is traumatic because you said it was traumatic. I feel it doesn't it was. matter if it was traumatic for me or someone else to go through what you went through. It's it's irrelevant. Someone said, I, don't, I really don't know who, every man's burden is the heaviest. Yeah, it's so true. So you're you're in that. And remember, trauma isn't what happens to us, right? It's our it's our body's response to what happens to us. Okay. Okay. So okay. Now that's, that's, where, that's interesting. That's what changes it. So yeah. here's what I learned in that program. So I was afraid to say that I had had trauma as a child because my whole childhood, my mom would say, this is nothing. I used to see right. my mom get beaten and with blood splattered all over the walls. And she would tell me these stories right, let's and compare. Like, as right. she's hitting me. Oh. Right. And I was like, okay, so I go and have it that bad. Or one time I uh, took my child to the pediatrician and she was, had the flu and she was dehydrated and she had to go into the hospital. So she was pretty bad. And I said to the doctor, who was also an oncologist, I said, um, I feel so bad complaining about this. I know this is nothing compared to what you see with your cancer patients. And he looked at me and he said, don't ever say that. What every woman and mother feels is 
the burden that she feels and you can't compare it to anyone else. It feels the same. It's invalid. We're invalidating ourselves. Yes. And just the word trauma, the fact that you said there was, yes, there's a stigma. There is. Like, I feel like people are going to look at me and be like, what are you bitching about? Yeah. What are you bitching about? And it's only trauma if I say it's trauma, right? Because everyone, especially with social media, everyone's, you know, I want to be vulnerable, right? So they share everything, like the worst thing that's ever happened to them. So if you have anything that hurts, it's not as bad as that. So you're not allowed to say it, right? It doesn't really count, right? Are you right, kidding me? Right. You know, so you don't get to share it. Uh-huh. And, you know, I just, I'm like getting myself worked up because I get, I'm so passionate about this. I'm so glad you brought this up because I've learned that trauma is anything you feel in your body in response to any situation, right, that feels traumatic or that affects you on that level. So there could be, you know, you have three children and they each have the exact same experience and only one of them when they're 30 years old says that it was traumatic for them. The other two are like, what the hell are you talking about? It was nothing. And then Sally is saying, that literally changed my whole life. It was awful because that's how Sally responded to it, mm-hmm. right? So it's like that typical thing where you ask people about, you know, their perception of one thing yes. that they see and they'll have completely different responses. Yeah. yeah, And, and so, it's all informed by our own history, by our own everything, by our own makeup. Yes. And so how can you, here I'm going to coach you. Please. How, I was hoping you would. How can you, <laughs> this is a rhetorical question, okay. but how can you be asked to fully receive and hold this other person who's going through what they're going through if you are not given permission to do that for yourself and have them do that for you. Yeah. You can't, and it's not okay to be asked to do that. If you're not getting the same level of we're holding space for you, you get to go through it. It doesn't have to be a 12-step program, right? Your program is whatever you're feeling right now, whatever you're moving through right now, right? And if you're not given the privilege of, of going through that, how can you be expected to be able to provide that for somebody else and vice versa. Right. And I instinctively kind of actually said something around that because he said, I'm going to get to that. I'm trying to do it properly. I'm trying to go through the steps. And I said, whatever your proper way is, isn't where I'm at right now. And so this is how I'm doing it right now. Yeah. (laughs) I was mad. It's almost like even if you look at two people who are, are addicts, I'm on step six and you're on step two, I'm not any better. That's just the step that I'm on. And so we have, that's where the space comes from. I mean, that comes in. You need to have that, that Mm -hmm. space to be able to process that. Mm -hmm. Boy, did I ever. And you still do. I, oh, yes, do. Let's keep it. Yeah. And and I'm giving you permission. I'm writing your permissions up right now (laughs) to say that this experience has not only been traumatic, but it has triggered every trauma from your past. Yeah. So it's heavier then people realize because it's triggering every trauma in your past that has not been fully healed. Yeah. Every, every, anytime you've had abandonment, anytime you have felt, um, you know, let down or unheard or, or, or lied to or anything in the past, it's all coming up right now. Mm-hmm. And of course it's a gift for you, even though it's painful as hell, right? Mm-hmm. It's your invitation to heal all of that, yeah. right? Before moving one step forward, but it, it's not your invitation it is not your invitation to heal anything with this other person. Anything with that person anything, or anything of that person? Anything around, anything around their journey. 
Mm. Tim, in my opinion, it's not your in, an invitation for you to have anything to do with that. It's your invitation to heal everything about you and that person can heal everything about them. Right. And then there can be a conversation mm -hmm. about healing. Yeah. No, totally. And actually, that's so funny because I was sort of pointing a finger at him about doing that. Like, you know, he had written a letter that was like, I'm already kind of stepping up as a leader here. And I was thinking, you're not fucking there to lead people and save people. You're there to save yourself and be led and surrender. And, you know, perhaps I can point that finger back at myself and say, all right, I'm not there. And, uh, and this has been a struggle for me just in the last few days is like, I want to write a letter of encouragement to him or something like that. But then another part of me is like, no, no, mm -hmm. it's been two weeks that he's there or however long now. And no, no. What would you write a letter to yourself and say, you know, like just yes. focusing more on me and trusting that it's all going to work out. Yeah, nothing that we're, work. Yes. And nothing that we are saying right now, to be clear to everyone listening is out of spite. I'm not saying it as if um, this person hurt you. You take care of yourself, girl, because you'll have friends that will say that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you really love this person, this is the best thing for them. The best mm -hmm. gift you can give that person, the biggest gift is for you to use this as an opportunity to go deeper than you've ever gone in your own healing and heal everything in you that this experience is reminding you of. That's a question to ask yourself, Amy. What does this remind me of? Yeah. And I've had stuff come up because I was just with some family. I don't have much family. Mm -hmm. And I was just with some family this weekend. And I, um, you know, had these little things come up where I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been divorced twice. And and here now I've got this going on. And I know everyone looks at me like I'm a fuck up, basically, you know, like, what the fuck is she doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's those judgments that we mm -hmm. perceive. Mm -hmm. Again, like you were saying mm -hmm. about the party, even, you know, oh, they think I'm a diva. And I'm like, oh, they think I'm a hot fucking mess, you know? And, and, and they might think that. And they right? might. They I might have think that. No control over that. Yeah, they really. Might think that. Even if you put on an air of perfectionism, you know, then mm -hmm. what? What? People think you're perfect and then you feel better about yourself? Or mm -hmm. <laughs> and what I feel called to say to you, is that and something else, okay? So what you just said, yes, as far as how people might be perceiving what's going on with you, what I'm saying is, what does this remind you of this experience with Justin? Whatever it feels, however that feels. If you said mm -hmm. to yourself, it feels like this, what shape was it? What color is it? Where is, what does that remind me of? It's reminding you of something in your past and in your childhood that you have felt before. Mm -hmm. And so I'm saying, that I believe that it's an invitation to go into that and heal that. And that has nothing to do with your relationship with him. It's, does that make sense what I'm oh, saying? Absolutely. Yeah. This is, this is an invitation to look really deep in yourself. Mm -hmm. And you know what I have been, I've mm -hmm. been doing uh, therapy through BetterHelp. So that's been really interesting. I've had some things that I explored and it's like you were saying earlier, like you have three children and they have the same experience. So I ended up talking to my sister this weekend. And I was like, you know, what was your perception of our father when we were very young? And because I feel like it, there was something traumatic in a diff totally different way. She was like, no, I was worried about not disappointing him. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I was just scared. I was in fear, you know? And so it's interesting to see how differently we perceived it and be able to explore that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it is definitely bringing some stuff up. But I want that. Like, let's get it out. This now's the time. <laughs> yeah. And if, and if you or anyone listening in this situation, if you do feel what you're feeling, like I should write a letter. Now, the question is, right, is this 
codependency or or is this truly something coming from a place of, I feel filled up and I'm happy to write a kind letter to be helpful. Right. Well, I decided to write a different letter. Yeah. You write whatever you feel. Mm -hmm. I decided to just write a letter about what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I didn't write anything helpful or kind. That's okay. I just said, this one's going to be lighter and I'm just going to tell you what's been going on with me. And I just talked about myself for a change. You Mm -hmm. know, it wasn't about like our relationship or anything like that or what's coming up or the anger or any of that. It, I just, and I haven't sent it yet. It's actually sitting in my bag right here. And instead, yeah, I just was like, why don't I just talk about myself? And how did that feel doing that? It felt good. It felt good because it was, it was real stuff, completely unrelated to him. I had something happen and, and I was able to talk about that and, you know, a little bit about the dog, a little bit about, you know, the kids or whatever. So, um, and it sounds it like it wasn't good. It sounds like if I'm hearing you right, it wasn't, I'm, this stuff is too heavy and I don't want to deal with it. Let's just keep it light. It sounds like it was you choosing yourself. Like yes. You saying, and that was the, the intention. Yes. So that's the feeling you want to tap mm-hmm. into. Like, when can I get that feeling again? Right. Mm-hmm. Where I'm going to, to make this about me right now. That's okay. It is okay. Mm-hmm. And that it goes counter to how we run sometimes about, wanting to fix or being in that mode of like, how can I help you? And, you know, I know I have work to do on myself. And so I was like, this was interesting. Mm -hmm. It's actually, it's actually an interesting part of the whole journey that I'm on right now, which is I've noticed that old relationships that were in a bad, not bad state, I guess, but that had uh, fallen away for wounding reasons really have suddenly been healing Mm. two major relationships of friendship in my life that, um, that have been gone for like 10 years basically have just both healed and they were big ones. And that's been a a big surprise to Mm me, you know? And I think it was all in conjunction with me really leaning into my intuition and trusting myself in a whole new way, just in the last month. And once I committed to that, it all happened. Mm -hmm. And such a surprise sometimes again, like you said, like you said with Stephanos, you know, he's saying, or Stephanos and Christine, they're saying, attract your ideal mate by turning the mirror on yourself. Mm -hmm. And probably I'm guessing in y'all's relationship with the coaching from the two of them, you did a lot of that work. Oh yeah. The, the, all of the coaching has been looking at ourselves. Hmm. Yeah. It's been really interesting. I mean, it it has drastically changed our relationship. I mean, so we've been married uh, seven and a half years. Mm -hmm. But you were married 18 years before Before that? Before that. Both of us were. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. What a cool thing to have in common. And we went to high school together. Oh my gosh. Never dated in high school. Uh, Married other people for 18 years. (laughs) Lived in the same town. Never ran into each other. (laughs) And um, now we're married seven and a half years. But I would say... um, we have a great relationship and, um, you know, anytime you're in a relationship with someone, it's an opportunity for all of your stuff to come up. Right. So my wounds will come up and they will push his buttons, right. Which will trigger all of his childhood wounds. Well, which will then come back at me and trigger my childhood wounds. And it's this thing. And then people say, this is too fucking hard and they quit. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that. And, and so the thing, the two biggest wounds for us is his was, you know, I never do anything right. That was a wound from his childhood that he didn't even know he had. And mind was, um, abandonment, basically abandonment, not feeling loved, abandonment. 
And so I would, you know, say something which would, you, you know, he, let's say he, he wasn't being like emotional enough for me or empathic enough. And so I would say something to him about it, which would trigger his deep wound, deep under the surface of I'm not good enough. I'm, I fuck everything up. I, I don't do anything right. Cause he had a perfectionist parent, mm-hmm. uh, overbearing parent. Um, right. And so then he would get defensive and get upset, which would then trigger my abandonment. Like it's just been this dance. And so we realized in this relationship coaching with Steph and now with Steph and Christine, um, that we're so much less reactive to each other. And we go come back to center very, very quickly now, very quickly. You know, we can get very upset about something. We come back to center very quickly. We come back to love yeah, for ourselves and just love in general, right? And then love for each other very quickly now. And um, with a lot of moving parts, you know, you blend two families together, right? We have two completely different backgrounds. You know, um, my kids have all the wounding, wounding from their father with his addiction and the abandonment with him. His kids came in with what we thought was no baggage. Now we're realizing, you know, his perfect life that I thought he had, you know, he was not able to really validate his kids' feelings and be there emotionally for him. So they have some stuff there. And so then you just throw in circumstantial stuff, right? Yeah. A kid that gets on drugs, a kid that gets pregnant, you know, just just life stuff, you know, and five teenagers for God's sake. Yeah. You know, think of how busy we were for four years. All we did was drive people, <laughs> you know, and, and. The work we've done in the last year, it's been, it's coming up on one full year of one-on-one coaching with this couple. I don't want to speak for him, but I believe he would agree with me that the biggest lesson is that, you know, we were not able to really see each other and fully connect with each other because neither one of us was fully connected in our own bodies. Mm. So we were each disconnected from our bodies, but it didn't look like it. We were achieving and we were growing businesses and we were happy and we had friends and people liked us and da 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 But we were both so f- disconnected from our bodies. And then so each of us individually working on getting grounding in back into ourselves and loving ourselves and forgiving ourselves. And right now we can have that, you know, sacred union that would not have been possible before. It would have not have been possible. And we're still far from where we want to be. But even in the last month, we've seen such a shift in our relationship um, because of that. And it it does go back to that, just looking at yourself every time. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was hard, Amy, because I, my programming of being a victim and being abandoned and being hurt was so deep because it wasn't just my childhood. I relived it in 18 years of marriage. So it was so deep for me. I, it was my identity. I didn't know how to not be like that. So all the mindset work and the things I was doing was helping, but I was still so living through all these wounds. There's the gaping, seeping wounds, and I didn't know it. And so everything hurt my feelings. Everything made me feel abandoned. Everything made me feel like I wasn't enough, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's, it's been such hard work, hard as in like no one wants to look at that stuff. You know, but so, so, so worth it. And we're still doing it. I mean, we just were talking the other day about some things that were coming up and insights that I'm having and he's having. And I don't know, it's, it's hard work, but it's, it's really beautiful when you have two people who are willing to do that. Yes. Both parties have to be willing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know my last marriage, I didn't have a partner who was, and I was like, okay, well, I can't do this myself, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
But now you get to set all that down and just have fun. Yes. <laughs> In my white dress. In your whatever colored dress you want. Or no dress at all, yeah, Jill. that's right. You may just take the dress off. In the moonlight. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Shake your new boobs that don't yeah. have implants in them. <laughs> right? Yes, that's, <laughs> that's right. right. Well, uh, I feel like we're coming up on time. This has been an amazing conversation. I have... Uh, I have loved every second. I have and too. thank you for everything that you've shared mm-hmm. for your first podcast right here in person. So exciting. And um, I just want to open the floor to you and say, what would you like to say in closing? Or is there anything I missed that you wanted to cover that we should talk about before you go or anything you want to reiterate or just what's on your heart? Just mm. I want to just turn it over to you. Thank you for that. Yes. No, I don't think there is. I think... Um no, we've, we really talked about some great things. And I, I, for me, my focus right now, um, besides just being and finally just being present with my family, which I haven't been for years, it really, wow. I, I, just saying that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I have been. I, I was always working or I was always trying to fix and um, protect them from what was going on in their former. In, in my former relationship. Sure. And um, I was such on high alert all the time. Right. And then exhausting. it's exhausting. And then, and then what we didn't talk about, we don't have to get into a lot, but I didn't mention, you know, I became completely addicted to achievement, completely addicted to goals. And, wow. Oh yeah. I was obsessed with achievement and goals. And um, I realized now that that was, you know, my way of, of getting love and finding worth. And I didn't know that at the time, you know? So when I was working so hard when my kids were younger, um, I wasn't just working hard because I was busy, right? I was working harder than I needed to, Amy, because I was trying so hard to do it perfectly. And I was coming from a wounded place. So I had to do a lot more than someone else would have to. So when I did more work and and more forgiveness of myself and healing and whatever we want to call it, right? Whatever the inner work is, I had to work a lot less. And I had to try a lot less to, to have things happen. And I would just start attracting things. And so I was there for about three years at the end of that business that ended. Yeah. And it was just amazing. Um, but yeah, now I'm I'm finally feeling like the somatic work that I talked about, the anger burns and all that stuff, it, it heals your nervous system. And so my nervous system was so on edge and so triggered all the time. And I didn't know it. But now I know what it's like to just live with a calm nervous system. I've never lived that way. And it's, it's really beautiful. It just feels so peaceful. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I, yeah, so that's where I am in my life right now. And, and I'm really, um, I'm really excited about uh, my podcast. You know, I, it's been like therapy for me mm-hmm. and been so I'm healing. I'm familiar with that. Yes. <laughs> and so healing for me. Mm-hmm. And um you know, I believe it's going to turn into some really good stuff in the next year or so. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Just stay the course. Keep going with what feels right. And keep yeah. sharing because we're putting out the good stuff out of our voices. Mm-hmm. And it's up-leveling the world. Mm-hmm. I'm a true believer. Yeah, I believe that too. Yes. Thank you so much for Thank this. Thank you. So nice. It's been wonderful. And can you share how everyone can find you, which I will have in the intro, the outro, and in the show notes. But love yeah. to hear from you too, just so we've got everything covered. Yeah, for sure. So I, my website is jillherman.com. Mm-hmm. And and I have no programs. I have no coaching available. I have nothing to sell. 
but I have some great information there. And my podcast is called BU as in B-E-Y-O-U. It's on every platform. And um, my Instagram account is Jill Herman BU. Cool. Yeah, I mean, easy enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you do offer inspirational text messages if you yeah, want to sign up for Thank you those. for saying this. Yes, I do mm-hmm. have those. That's 260. Uh, what is it? 260- oh, I don't have it written down. 417-2675, right? <laughs> is that right? I have to think about that. It, you know what? I'll have it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put yes, it in the show notes. I'm going to put your little right um, link tree or whatever link in the yeah. in the show notes so yeah. people can find it very easily if they want to. So, yeah. well, thanks for this. Yes, thank you so much. And I love what you're doing. You know, I've said that thank before, you. but I love the episode that um, we had with me you. Me too, yes. It was so good. People can listen to me on your show, which was episode 101, I believe. It was a great, yeah, I encourage everybody to listen. It was really, really good. Thank you. I felt yeah. like, I loved it. Yeah, I really yeah, and it. I love what you're doing with this podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Love what you're doing too. And happy birthday. Here's to Thank you. getting freer every every moment. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Okay, huge thanks to Jill Herman, the host of BU Podcast. Recommended very highly. And so um, hopefully you found her through me this time. And there is an episode that I was on. I believe it's episode 101. And I really enjoyed that. I was like, I I got off that podcast interview and I was like, I fucking nailed that, which you'd hope I could. Like I've sat here and interviewed people so many times, you'd hope I could at least have it together for a podcast interview. And I just, that one I felt so good about. And I think a huge factor in that was that she's a great podcast host. So um, anyway, and I hope, you know, listening to her today, that if you feel inclined to start a podcast, don't think that the market is oversaturated and your voice would get lost or doesn't matter. No, I hope maybe that inspired you. If you feel like starting a podcast, if you feel called, if there's a little nagging voice inside you that wants to do that, then do it. Yes. I, I encourage that. So, you know, I'm, I'm backing you up 100%. So if you do, write to me and let me know. You can always reach out to me, amy at amyedwards.com. Uh, let's see. So today, I, I or this week, our affirmation is, I feel it in my body, whatever it is, whatever it is, feel that shit, just like Jill talked about. Don't neglect that. Don't gloss over it with mindset. Easy to do. In fact, I'm sitting here saying an affirmation about it right now, but you are saying you feel it in your body and there's a lot of power in those words. So just dip in, feel it. Maybe even listening to this, you feel something. Maybe you feel something in your heart. Maybe you feel something in your throat. Maybe you just feel something in your shoulder. I've been feeling anger in my left shoulder. What does that mean? I don't know. But let yourself feel. Even if you're doing too one of the sexual practices that we talk about, some sort of pleasure practice or something, feel it everywhere. I did it yesterday and felt my heart, just like really felt my heart. And I tried to pay attention to it and just pay attention to how it felt. So here's your nudge. I feel it in my body. Say it. Just say it. Even if you don't know, that's okay. Because I say you don't even have to believe affirmations. You just say them. They take on a life of their own. They call things in, just like Jill was talking about with her job. (laughs) So also, 
Um, speaking of words, I want to thank you for the ratings and reviews that I have gotten recently. And for, again, for all the people that reached out about the Justin episode. And um, so thank you for the reviews. This one is really nice, really nice. They called it fearless and authentic, something totally different in the podcast space, always worth a listen. And the topics are rarely found elsewhere or addressed with such a fearless and authentic touch. Uh, J. Allen Warner, thank you for this review. I mean, thank you. Wow. <sighs> yeah. So I'm super grateful. And I do read those reviews and comments and they mean a lot to me. Thank you to, to Lisa Duggar. She found this show through the BU podcast. Thank you for reaching out to me. Lisa um, sent me a really lovely email just saying you're real and raw. Your talks about sexuality make me uncomfortable and I love it. <laughs> Good. Let's get uncomfortable, right? I'm on my spiritual journey and you add something different to that. Thank you. And she said she found um, Mushroom Mamacita through this podcast, which is Bijou Finney, my good friend. Our episode is great about microdosing. She says, um, I downloaded her guide and what a journey that has been the last few weeks. She has one on conscious, conscious entrepreneurship and microdosing, a microdosing guide. It's, she said it has changed my life. So cool. Thank you. And then your podcast about Justin's relapse. I quit drinking about five months ago. My husband had followed and then and quit and then started again. We're not addicted. I understand yours is a tougher road and I just wanted to reach out and hug you. So what a tough thing to go through. You have the tools to get through this, deepen your connection and knowing inside of you. So thank you. She went on and said it was part of the growth and I agree. And she was just sending love. And I just want to say a big thank you to you, Lisa, and for this email. So um, thank you for being here. I'm so honored. And don't forget to find today's guest, Jill Herman at jillherman.com or at jillhermanbu on Instagram or at bupodcast underscore on Instagram as well. You can sign up too for her text messages that she puts out every week. They are inspirational. And I think that covered everything. Just follow, follow or subscribe to her podcast too. That's the, probably the best way. And um, anyway, I just feel it in my body and it feels good. <laughs> doesn't always feel good, but it feels good to feel. How about that? Let's feel it in your body. I got to say some thanks to everybody here at Hot Pie. They've been just fucking stellar. It's been great. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for being here and all your work and being here for us. And I'm just here to keep making our lives rock. And sometimes that just means about being in the moment and being as peaceful and happy as we can be. I think that's I think that's the goal. It's not about all those accomplishments or what we're achieving. It's about who we're becoming in the process. hundred percent. So remember, keep showing up for yourself and for this life. There is no magic pill. You are the magic. Till next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this show, please rate and review. It totally matters. And I encourage you to spread the love too and share this episode with a friend if you feel called. 